Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 54, the show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine, and with me is none other than Haradoshan, a.k.a. Goo Crew. Welcome to the Yay. show. Yay! Goo Crew. Goo Crew. Goo Crew. What is up? Me. Oh, I'm not doing too bad. Just kind of hanging out, mostly doing art, waiting for uh, my uh, real estate final exam to happen so I can become a real person. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Dang. Yeah, I'm going to be a real estate agent. I just need to pass the exam and then I can begin my training. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's pretty fun. Yeah. I would certainly agree. That is awesome. What has been going on uh, since like the last time we chatted, which isn't too long ago, but what is the life update? Um, let's see. Life update. What did I do today? Today, I went to the grocery store. That was very exciting. Oh, very I'm exciting. On, I'm, I'm on keto. Very so I'm doing nice. the, keto, the keto diet, which is, it's not actually that hard. Um, you get cravings on occasion, but you know, honestly, it's kind of nice because like you cook for yourself a lot more. But everything's really, really straightforward, so you're not really eating as much takeout and stuff like that. I kind of mm-hmm. find it enjoyable. We have a friend of the show who is um, doing keto and actually visited uh, their house, obviously before Rona, and mm-hmm. um, all the stuff there was so good. It was so tasty. I was like, "Wow, keto is really delicious." <laughs> I mean, basically, all it is is you have a protein with a leafy green. Or some or the other veggie that's not a potato or a starch, mm-hmm. and then you're allowed to have like uh, only 20 grams of carbs per day max, and then you want to uh, stay away from all sugar, all bread, and you are allowed to have fats. So like you can eat ice cream, you can eat cheese, you can have as much butter as you want. It's just you gotta make sure that you max on the on the protein and fiber as well. Catch me just chomping on a whole stick of Irish butter in the fridge. No, you like can do that if you really want to. You could do that. Like, there's no there's no off limits. And you know how I feel about cheese. Oh, yes. Yeah. So oh, yes. I'm, I'm so glad this is a diet that allows me to, to be the cheese head that I always desired to be. Indeed. So, as everyone listening to the show knows, and those who are new to the show, what we do first is we blast through all of our wonderful patrons before we get into the meat of the show, actually. So I'm going to try to stifle unsuccessfully my yawn. That's a bingo card slot. Y'all can already mm-hmm. fill out and everything. This is a recurring theme. Um, so in the $1 vanilla tier, which gets you a username shout out on the show, we have Damia, Fluffy Nate, Gosh Cheeks, Race Star, and Tone Cluster. And I did, I did not one breath at that time. Sad face in the $5 Kingster tier, which gets you monthly photos from yours. Truly. There is AB Michael, Brian Casa, Juicebox, Maxi Skywalker, and the Starling family. Oh yeah. I, 
fucking did it. Fuck yeah. Uh, in the $10 fascist here, which gets you all of the below, including an extended shout out up to one sentence and a monthly video from me is Ishi. Let's call me Joe saying still trying to come up with clever and witty shout outs and Scotia. In the $15 Sinner tier, we have Lucy, Kaneko, and Soup. Uh, Sinner gets you some co-directorial privileges for the monthly content. And then the top $20 Deviant tier, which gets you all of the below, including your name written on me for all the content, is Daddy Gray. Jamie Bell, who says, I'm so excited that y'all are broadcasting live from the Totino's Fortnite training room this week. Other Joe and Slucky. And I did not mark this down yet in my notes but we actually have some brand new patrons as of like yesterday so thank you so much for joining the show uh that would be bliss bunny in the five dollar kingster tier thank you so so much um i think the only other things is we have two birthdays to celebrate in the server birthdays birthdays that is let's call me joe and princess cutie happy birthday you two i hope you had an awesome and safe birthday and with that being said let's get right into the show okay so i have my notes here i have my, all my mm-hmm. interview questions at hard ocean yes otherwise known as gukro who mm-hmm. are you and what do you do and how did shit. we meet shit 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 think, um, think, think. oh <laughs> fuck oh fuck um so i am a fetish artist um, I do a lot of artwork, um, but mostly the Haradoshan name is connected to mostly fat fetish stuff. So I work in the weight gain and fat fur community, and I have been putting content out into that uh, community under this handle since 2007. Oh, damn. So I've been around for a while, but... Um, and I, I think that I'm pretty well known. I don't really know, but people seem to recognize me. So, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I usually post my content on Twitter and on Fur Affinity. Um, not on Tumblr anymore because Tumblr said no to any, like, not safe for work content, unfortunately. <laughs> no. 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 They did. I mean, it's unfortunate because there was, like, a little a little friendly community there, but... You know, and it's and like my Haradoshan uh, account there got flagged for not safe for work content, which is dumb. But, you know, what can you do? So mostly Twitter and for affinity. I haven't really found any other places that really have been convenient for me. I mean, like I'm on Discord for it, but I don't have my own Discord. So I just kind of pop in and post art and then leave. That's mm-hmm. usually how I do it. That's how right. I do. That's how you do. How I do. It's how you do. And if you don't know, now you know. Uh, how did we meet? How do we know each other? And eventually, like, what was the meeting process? How did I eventually get you on the show? We know that much. I I pinged you about it. Uh Uh-huh. But how did we... Well, I mean... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. I mean, I met your ex in um, the local bakery, which sounds like really like a dating sim. It totally does. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a dating sim, but I met your ex at uh, one of the local bakeries in the area, and uh, they commented on my shirt, saying they liked my shirt, and I was actually on my way to work, and I was like, oh, cool, thanks, and they're like, do you draw? And I was like, yeah. So I gave them like, my handle and stuff, um, my non-fetish handle, because I have two, 
And uh, that was how I got in contact with you, Jazzy, because I met your ex and then I met you. And then um, that's how we kind of met and got started knowing each other in a friendship. Yeah. And then that friendship evolved into eating cheese at midnight and watching Van Helsing into the new decade. When it was bef- good. It was, it was good. before before everything went so bad. It was, it's before we knew. We were like, oh, 2020 is going to be the Roaring Twenties XD. And then it turned into not that. It turned into bad. And we actually haven't seen each other uh, IRL for what? Since 2000, the beginning of like mid uh, New Year's 2020? Right? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you know, it. New Year's 2020 was the last time we actually hung out because like right in the March to 2020 was when everything started actually hitting the fan in terms of uh, the coronavirus and everything. And I haven't really seen, I haven't really seen like any, any friends since there, since then. It's just kind of like, Oh, Oh man. Yeah. I remember the last time uh, we saw each other, you handed off all the crinkle crew stickers, which you can still yes. purchase to support Haradoshan here. Um, I picked those up before I went to Capcom and actually did like, one or two there i think i yeah you you definitely i didn't take a hard uh inventory stock of them which i probably should have but uh i know you you did uh give some out which is cool i need to i need to uh put those back in rotation in terms of like selling them because i'm like i got a bunch of these and i don't really know what to do with them and i'm not really like i'm not into diapers but like you guys are in the diapers and you might like these so have them yeah, we do. And which means I'm going to retweet the fuck out of them once again. Well, and then hope we can that... always uh, you can always set them as like a tier reward. Oh, uh-huh. if you wanted to. We do have a merch store. Wink. Yeah, you could always put them in your merchant store and have a have a tier reward for them. And then I could just get rid of them. <laughs> Possibly. But um, yeah, so that is who you are. Now we're getting into the nitty gritty here. How did you initially get into art all those years ago? Um, fetish art or just art in general? Uh, just art, art. Oh, damn. Um, when I was the wee little thing, um, I started drawing and then I never stopped ever. No one could stop me. The entire fridge at my parents' house was just covered in awful little drawings and I actually got them back recently. Um, my parents saved like a ton of my artwork, my sister's artwork and my brother's artwork. And like they saved it in like a box. And like a couple weeks ago, they gave me the box. So now I have all these really awful drawings from like the ages of like three onwards. That's so precious. Oh, my God. I don't I don't, I don't know what to do with them because I'm like, I don't really know what to do with a gigantic box of my drawings from when I was three. But I, I have them now. So that's pretty cool, I guess. You need to scan uh, them and then bind them and then sell oh, well, them in a print book. Uh, I don't. I don't think anybody would be interested in that. They're really <laughs> bad. Um, but I did draw Carmen San Diego when I was like three years old, and I'm like, oh, that's where the lesbianism started. <laughs> yes, I, I think Carmen San Diego was an awakening for a lot of us in that era. Yeah, it really was. Like I remember pretending to be Carmen San Diego in like kindergarten. I vividly remember it. So I was like, ah, yes, that's that's it. That's where it started. That's, that's the stuff. <laughs> that's the good Ooh. shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, God, you're going to make me yawn, too. Uh, oh, 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 I got it out. Oh, I got it out. OK, 
Um, how did you discover um, the fat fur community and subsequently get into uh, creating fetish art and fetish content? Um, so I discovered it. I mean, I think that everyone has the story where like they saw like the animation from like a certain TV show or cartoon that was like inflation or fat stuff because they sneak that crap in to like literally all the kids shows in the 90s oh, and today yeah. too. But um, when I was a kid, I would see that shit. And I was just like, yes, that is what I'm about. So uh, I've actually been like interested in the like fat stuff for years, literally years. Like bef- like when I was still a kid and like the Internet didn't really. I mean, there were definitely like ye old like uh, angel fire sites and Yahoo groups oh, and man. stuff like that for um, for that kind of stuff. But. Uh, I didn't really, like, discover it until, I, I guess, until, like, Fur Affinity became a thing, like, online. Like, I knew about it, and I was into it, but, like, I didn't actually start posting and, like, interacting with the community till 2007. Because mm-hmm. before that, I just kind of lurked. But uh, in 2007, well, I was 17, so, like, back in the, back in 2007, it wasn't a huge, as huge a deal uh, to have, like, minors in spaces as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely wasn't, uh, it wasn't corralled as much, but, um, so like when I was 17, I started posting stuff and started taking commissions. So, I mean, I was still in high school at that time, but people seemed interested in my stuff. So I kind of, I kind of jumped the gun in terms of like, there was no, there was no discussions back in like the early mid two thousands about like allowing minors to post fetish content. Like that just that was not a conversation that was being had on the Internet. So I feel kind of guilty about it because like in, you know, in retrospect, I was like, ooh, I was posting I was posting like not safe work content when I was a minor. But it was like, well, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about it now because that was, you know, a long time ago, over a decade. Yeah, no. And we've actually talked about that on the show previous about how um, part of my history with ABDL was when I was um, 13 and first getting onto forums then. And the only um, the only hard and fast rule was you have to be at least 13, which is something, but obviously not the best. But like you said, that was just not a conversation that we were having. I mean, you think about like all the different forums, like you know, back when I was a kid, like it was like, you know, Gaia and uh, Neopets. And I mean, obviously that stuff, those those places didn't have like fetish content, obviously. Right. But like in terms of just like massive forums where you interacted with other strangers on the Internet, there weren't really any hard to fast rules like at all. It would just mm-hmm. be nice. Don't be a dick. And like that was pretty much it. And then, you know, and I'm saying it's a good as a good thing. Like, it's good that, you know, we now try to like I hate the word police minors, but. Like, we try to keep them from going into spaces where they shouldn't be. Like, I think that's a really good improvement on the internet uh, etiquette of today. But, yeah, back when I was that age, that wasn't something that existed. And you were just allowed to post whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really a statement on not only internet culture, but our kink culture in general. Like, how far, like, how many conversations we have had and in regards to things and you know that's a stance that we stand by very firmly on the show it's mm-hmm. just like look 18 is like the age and everything and we stand by that pretty firmly and so does every other respectable human being um specifically because we remember 
like the before times and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The before times were very chaotic. Oh, yeah. And very like, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, it wasn't fun to, you know, just come upon random stuff on the Internet. Like, you know, like how many how many gore videos that I accidentally watch, like people being beheaded or like being disemboweled. And it's like all that stuff is really awful, but like there wasn't any like trigger content warnings. Like that stuff just didn't exist. So it was like, you know, if someone was feeling particularly vicious, they could just send you a really gross, really awful video. And it's like, you know, you start you view those things when you're like fourteen years old and you're like, Oh yeah, that didn't that didn't change me. That didn't alter me in a in a extremely uh like bizarre way but it did there's a lot of people who like went through a trauma unneedingly because they you know there weren't any hard and fast rules on the internet so they saw a bunch of shit they shouldn't have looked at that's so true though um i didn't even like process that that we didn't as a like culture have the conversation about trigger warnings and content warnings and why they're needed and important i because they're such like a part of our everyday internet vernacular that I just sort yeah. of like forgot that there was a time where they didn't exist. Nope. Not really. I mean, like, you know, people make fun of the whole like lemon and lime thing from like fanfic back when, you know, they, they use those for warnings, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, you know, those, those, that was pretty much it. Like, if you don't like it, don't read it, which, you know, I can understand that. Don't like it. Don't look at it. But Back then, you could just randomly just see things that you didn't want to see, and you couldn't unsee them. Right. And that was the era of where less maliciously you get rickrolled. More maliciously, all of a sudden, there's Goatsy on your screen, and you can't click out of it. And Rotten.com. Remember Rotten.com? Oh, boy. Um, So the show does have a fairly large listener base among Gen Z, and... To the people who are not there to experience Lemon and Lime, can you please give us a very brief rundown on that sure. era? Um, lemon and Lime were what were used for um, fanfic. So it was used as like kind of like a, not a warning system, but like a content system, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so like if there was a fic that had a lot of... Um, like the boundary between like lemon and lime were not like it wasn't like a fixed thing there wasn't an actual definition for them i guess Mm -hmm. um so like it 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 basically meant there are sex scenes in this fic um and like uh lemon i think i can't remember which which ones are which one was more severe um yeah, this is about the boundary between lime and lemon are not fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, lime can generally be expected to keep scenes of explicit intercourse entirely off screen. So, like, lime is explicit content, but it's not it's not on screen, I guess, or mm-hmm. it's not super super obvious. It's implied. Uh, Skywalker Ranch in the live chat says uh, lemon was more hardcore and lime was more heavy petting. Yeah. 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 So like, but like everyone used, everyone used them different. Right. So it, which was kind of funny. So like, you know, someone could be like, oh, this is all, this is a lime thick and you would read it and it was, you know, explicit, but you know, it, it all depended on the person because there wasn't like back then there was like people who use once again, Angel Fire or Yahoo groups, uh, they made their own website 
to host their fic or their content. Right. And that was that also happened in the fat fur community too, where people would just like there was no centralized posting point and like it's uh really you guys have it good because you guys get places like, you know, um I mean DeviantArt's been around forever. But like you guys actually got you have Tumblr, you have Twitter, you have for affinity, like you have places where you can centralize your gallery of works in a way that is so much easier to find than back when I was a kid and I was like actively looking for content that would titillate me. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it's hard to find. You know, you had to basically jump through hoops to get content. So uh, it it's just really, really interesting how that kind of like the fetish kink and like not safe for work content world has evolved alongside the um, development of the Internet, as it were, because, you know, like it's always been around. This stuff has always been there. Like when people think it's like a new thing, I'm like, no, no. I mean, I'm, and I'm sure it's the same for like baby first stuff and, and ABDL. Like, I'm sure that there were sites that people created oh, and yeah. hosted, you know, on their own and they hosted their own content. And it was like a small like mailing group of people. And and it's, you know, back then it was like you had to know someone who knew someone to like get content. And I, I remember when I was uh, in like fifth or sixth grade and looking for uh, Yaoi fic of Sephiroth and Cloud from FF7. And Hot. they actually are currently on my background right now. Nice, um, nice. Sephakora is is like a, a very, um, it's a pairing that not everybody likes. So it's one of those problematic pairings. But problematic. when I was like, when I was like 11 or 12, I didn't get that. And like that kind of, that kind of wording wasn't around either. Mm -hmm. They were just like, you know, this is a pairing. You don't like it, don't look for it. But yeah, I remember going to like host people who hosted their sites. Like it hosted fic, so you had to actually like track down fic, um, because like ff.net. Um, when did ff.net start? Two thousand six. I think. Is ff.net? Um, let me look it up. ff.net founding. Two thousand. Oh, I'm sorry. It was founded on October fifteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Oh shit! That explains a lot about its web two point interface. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't something that was, like, used commonly. Like, I don't think, in the same way that, like, Facebook started out very, very small and kind of started out as, like, a, a very small community. I don't think that um, FF.net was used broadly as a thick hosting site for a while. But mm -hmm. it's been around. And so, yeah, I mean, before before there were actually, like, hosting sites, you basically had to look for stuff. And like I kind of kind of diverge from the lemon lime thing, but uh, yeah, like the the lemon the lemon lime thing was definitely something um, something that you would have had to kind of be there to experience. Right, so. exactly. Because it was just <laughs> such BTS an... and supernatural things. God, supernatural. You Sorry, leave... I'm looking at the live chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, you leave my BTS fix out of this. Oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> talking to Skywalker, I love those. Those are my guilty pleasure. Like but, BTS, like the Korean. Yeah, the ah. uh, yes, the K-pop band. Oh, the the um, oh, what's it called? Real shipping. Oh, oh the OT7. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Um, but yeah, no, you're right on the money. Um, I think for a lot of fetish communities before we had our dedicated websites and niches on Twitter, 
we had individual emailing groups and newsletters. And then before that, we had zines. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Z- like in the 70s with like the Star Trek um, zines that went around. Oh, yeah. Like you had to like mail them to be like the next person and shit like that. Like that. That was hardcore. It really was. Uh, we talked about on um, the episode where we talked about inflatables. We talked about how literally pre-internet, pre-DARPAnet in the 50s and 60s, there's literally a mailing list for people who are into inflatables even all the way back in like the 60s. And it was such mm-hmm. like an interesting research <laughs> that I did for an episode. And I found like old scans of this ancient crusty Z. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is I something. mean, we had we had people who were into like fat girls back in like the Renaissance painting them and shit. So, oh, yeah. Which this, that is a perfect segue. Um, my next question that I had is your um, your art and your brand is very recognizable for your character, Scylla. And then yes. for a couple other of your characters, but Scylla, uh, which is the one that is currently your icon on Discord right now. Um, how did you create Scylla? What is their story? Tell us a bit about that persona. Um, there honestly isn't much of a story. Um, I created her basically to dunk my fetishes onto because everybody else on like for affinity, which was like the first place that I found to start like posting that in DeviantArt, but like DeviantArt, not as much because they're more into like humans. Mm-hmm. They're not really into as much as much furry stuff. But um, I definitely started posting to, like, DeviantArt first. But uh, Fur Affinity was where I kind of felt like everyone else had, like, a a character, like a mascot, kind of, Mm -hmm. that they were using. And, like, that kind of, that curated their brand, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I saw everybody else doing it. And I was like, well, I need to to come up with, like, a, a mascot character that I can use strictly for, like, fetish and kink material. So I did that. Um, so that was like exactly what she was designed for, was for fetish and kink material. Like, strictly that. Like, she has a, a kind of story, but, like, no one's ever really interested in the story. And it's really, really funny and like, the rare occasion that I get people like, what's her backstory? And I'm like, there really isn't one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just, like, me horny. <laughs> make make character to to make horny bunga bunga like bunga girl go squish yeah girl go squish but like she was an <laughs> alien she was an alien who started out like as a little a little like blob of goo and she found her way onto a spaceship and she ate the entire crew and when the spaceship landed they thought that she was like the diplomat for the world mm-hmm. that but she ate all the crew members. So obviously she wasn't a diplomat, but that's how she was like welcomed onto earth, but she's a single cell organism. And I think, um, I remember when you were explaining to me that Scylla is a single cell organism. I remember I was like trying to get my mind around that. And then when I finally, like when my brain allowed me to be like, yes, that is a thing. Single cell organism that can either be very small or very large. I was like, oh, I get it now. You can look, you can find, like, there's big single-cell organisms on Earth, actually, like, that are actually visible to the naked eye, which I think is really cool. Every time we think of a big single-cell organism, the only thing I can think of is chunky ribosomes. Chunky ribosomes. No, but there's, um, there's, like, uh, undersea critters that are just, like, one, one cell, and, like, they're, like, 
they're small, you know, they're not huge, but like they're like smaller than like your your pinky like fingernail, but like the fact that you can actually see them with your naked eye is incredible. Right, I exactly. Really cool. Yeah, no, that is like from a scientific standpoint, it's amazing. And I also am like actively holding myself back from like going off on like a tangent, like, oh boy, science, my special interest. Uh oh. Science. Uh oh, stinky. <laughs> Brain go burr. Um, go burr. Burr. I didn't get any like fun things when I when I when I signed up the special interest train for uh, autism. I didn't get any cool like uh, special interests that would like further my knowledge. I got like mm, Sephiroth. Good. <laughs> Sephi good. Sephi good. And then like true crime. That that's pretty much like the only thing that I can say that like kind of advanced my like intelligence. But everything else was like, you want some Yu-Gi-Oh. Do you, want some you fina- some do you want some financial fantasy? <laughs> you want some of that? I got some, some of that good I got, shit. I got financial fantasy. Yeah, I no, got nothing. Ugio. Nothing I got. Yu Gi Oh, Sephiroth, Sephi, make brain go Manamusa, good. Masa Mune. Masa Mune. I'm sorry, I'm a scrub. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, so. Moving right along, um, this is sort of switching gears a little bit here. Um, mm-hmm. Talking briefly about body positivity, um, do you think that the fat fur community and the weight gain community has a good grasp on body diversity and positivity? Uh, and does it need to do any work to be better, not only with that, but with anything in general? Um, I would say yes and no on the uh, body positivity thing because there are actually like real life fat people in the community who Gasp. you know yeah i know they they you know uh, uh, there's a huge divide in that sense where there's people who are on the internet who are fat who do not like the fat community and to that i say completely understandable you know you don't you don't like have your body you don't you feel like you're objectified and i get that um, but there's also another group of people on the internet who are fat and who love it. Like, they think it's great. They're like, people appreciate my body. They think it's sexy. You know, it makes me feel good about myself. Um, you know, it, it gives me the body positivity that I need. And, you know, that's, that's definitely a conversation that has been had and had and had all over again. Uh, like monthly this conversation crops up when like a person who's not in the fat community like the fat fur or just fat fetish community finds fat fetish art and like announces that they have found it and they're like oh my god this is so gross and it's like do you think it's gross because you think fat people are gross or do you think that you it's gross because people are fetishizing fat people like what where's where's the line where are you saying it's gross what are you saying is gross um and i think that a lot of people don't there's a lot of internalized fat phobia um Mm. and so a lot of people when they come across like the fat weight gain art they they get grossed out because they have a lot of a ton of internalized fat phobia so they don't really think about that but um I mean, in my experience, the fat for community has been very, very nice. Um, yeah, I've, I've come across a couple bad eggs, but like what community does not have bad eggs? Right. But, like 
in general, like the especially like the Fatford community, like people there are incredibly nice. Um, they're incredibly welcoming. You know, if, if people are exploring that fetish as something like they may or may not like, um, they're just incredibly friendly. Um, like there's there's so many just genuinely good people in that community and it's like yes they're into this this fetish which is made fun of all the time i think second only to like foot kink <laughs> like i think fat is like the second tier to to feet kink in terms of like being mocked mercilessly on the internet but mm-hmm. you know there's just people out there who they like it they draw content for it or they write write for it or they participate in it in some way and they're just incredibly nice honest people who they that's just what they get off to and it doesn't make them any less of a person it just means that they're you know they that's what they that's what rustles their jimmies as it were yeah so it it, it, it's one of those things where it's a diverse community and there's always going to be problems with it um you know and there's always going to be this conversation well is it fetishizing and it's like yes it is fetishizing like that's that's you know, you can't escape that. You can't escape the fact that, you know, there are people out there who, you know, jerk it to real photos of fat people without their consent. You mm-hmm. know, like, you, you can't, in the same way that people will take upskirt shots of girls in cosplays without their consent, it's basically, there's a whole, you know, community of people who will do that. But there's also people who are incredibly respectful and don't, fetishize people in real life like they only want the fantasy animals in unrealistic situations right so it's like there's gonna be there's always gonna be a tone of of fetishization in that conversation but there's there's levels of it i guess there's levels of of like fetishization like depending on who you talk to and there's also people who do talk about it and do break it down and like do you know, believe that you can be you can be a, a fat activist and be fat and also participate in that community. Like they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. And that sort of gets into um, you know, uh, you're veritably an expert on this in comparison to me because this is not <laughs> one of the kinks that I have, but it's one. Yeah, of the Yeah, but kinks... you're an expert in like ABDL and like inflation and stuff, and inflation and fat stuff do overlap. There is a Venn diagram overlapping there. You know, it's funny. A lot of people think I'm into inflation because I love inflatables. And there is a huge crossover there. But I'm actually not super into inflation. Funny no. enough. But I since there is such a huge crossover uh, between weight gain and inflation, a lot of the people who I know in the inflatables um, side of the furry fandom, I, I've kind of like osmosis knowledge from them Mm -hmm. so i have like an outsider's appreciation um for it but what i was going to ask is um this is actually one of the questions i had written down we just sort of naturally flowed into this is um in your opinion as someone who is deeply engrossed in that culture in that community what do you think is the line between appreciation and fetish fetishization there we go i can use english um, I think that it's not really, there isn't really like a strict line because I think it depends on who you talk to. Because mm-hmm. I think that, you know, if you, if you draw like it, it, you see it a lot in communities that aren't the fat community 
where like someone will draw like a character like uh, I don't know like let's say Sephiroth okay I'm just coming up with that because mm-hmm. he's on my screen sure. but like let's say someone in the same way that people like in the in the like black artist movement will draw a character black and people will have a huge backlash to it they're not black they're not black and it's like that's gross they can be black if they want they're a character yeah uh in the same way like if you drew like Sephiroth like not ripped as hell and maybe a little bit chonky like but like you weren't doing it to like be like oh isn't he hot like this you were just doing it because you're like this is a reflection of what i look like and i want to see myself in this series final fantasy without being seen as like a joke character because fat characters are always seen as joke characters and they're always like oh i'm so hungry i'm gonna eat constantly like it's a joke Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like you see that a lot in the same way that people react to like people drawing characters not white. Uh, you see people react really poorly to people drawing characters fat, like for any reason. And there and and the word fetishization gets thrown around a lot. But it's like a lot of the times these people are basically being like, hey, I'm fat. And like I've struggled with identity and body positivity for years. And me drawing this character fat is not me having a fetish for this it's me literally wanting to see my body type on a character that i love and Mm -hmm. see myself in them more because literally every character is like fit or thin or you know ripped and it's like you don't see fat characters just being characters like they're just being cool characters who are written they're usually just jokes Right. And that's really that's really upsetting because it's like you know there, you can make a character who's fat and like their plot point is not I'm fat like their plot point can be other cool things but people still they have that internalized fat phobia and so they have to make it into a joke. So I think that to your question, everybody has a different um, level where they're going to be like, okay, this is fetishization, and mine is definitely probably not going to be the same as someone else's because like i'm not fat like uh and and that is another argument that people have had where you like people are like you have to be fat in order to in order to draw fat art mm-hmm. like that's that's a that's an argument that has been had and hashed over many times but it's like i'm not and you know it's like i've had body positivity issues like anyone else but i'm not a fat person so um it's definitely like my range of like, okay, this is fetishization to this is not fetishization is going to be different than someone who might be heavier because they are used to getting that kind of fat phobic behavior basically all over the place in their everyday lives. Whereas I'm not. So like, they're going to be a lot more sensitive to it. Mm -hmm. And I think you said something really profound. It sounds like there is, and I never really thought about that. And that's definitely a privilege that I have that I'm just not recognizing is that there's absolutely a single story uh, attributed to uh, fat characters. It's kind yeah. of along the same lines as like the cartoon dad has to be big, dumb, loud, and like has to be like all these things. And a lot of those mm-hmm. traits are also attributed to fat characters. And that's something that I'm like just yep. now having this live light bulb moment. Yep. I mean, and you can probably you can probably ask uh, your like boyfriend like in the same way that you know there's there's uh, unfortunately incredible racism 
around characters. It's like the same kind of thing where like you get the ghetto character mm-hmm. and it's like their, their main plot point is their ghetto. It's like the same thing happens with, and then I'm not comparing racism and fat phobia in any way because they're not comparable, but it, it's definitely like a lot of mainstream movies and TV shows and cartoons and books. And they basically are just like, okay, this character is fat. Therefore they have this one trope and that's it. And like, you know, even in, you know, final fantasy seven, my favorite game of all time, uh, there's a character named wedge who mm. is fat. And like in the remake, they like really leaned into that. Like, Oh, you know, he loves pizza, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's uncomfortable. It's fucking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be like Wedge can be a cool character because like he does cool things in the remake, you know, like he, he like rescues people and is a good person and does cool things. But, you know, the, you still are left with that fat taste in your mouth because like they introduced him as a character who's fat and therefore you have to include the fat tropes. And it's like, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But people do. Like, it, it's definitely something that happens all the time. And, like, now that you've seen it, now that you realize that it's a thing, you're going to see it everywhere. Right. And it's unfortunate. Right. And with Final Fantasy VII, um, we can also have that same or a similar conversation about Barrett. About how, yeah. like, oh, look, this is the black character. And the black character has to be assigned certain traits and certain Yeah, tropes. he has to be loud. He has to be angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love Barrett like as a character. I think Barrett is very well rounded in terms of like characterization and like because of the fact that he's like the you know if you don't know about FF Seven and like the plot point, he's the head of Avalanche, who is like an eco terrorist group. You know, he's a very important character. He has his own character development. Like you learn about his backstory. You go to his hometown. Um, and like and learn things about him like he's a very important member of the team but yeah there's definitely there's definitely like under undercurrent of racism there in terms of like how he's characterized as like the loud angry one and he's always loud and angry whereas mm-hmm. like cloud is so like cool and suave and i mean you know he doesn't stay that way obviously but like it's definitely like when you first meet him he's yelling at you so it's like eh, you know and it's also FF7 is a Japanese game. So there's another there's another layer of racism there, you know, mm-hmm. that's different from like Western racism. There's another level of it, you know, on top of like how they view black people and people who are, you know, darker skinned because, you know, they they have their own they have their own colorism and racism to deal with. But, you know, it, it it's a very interesting conversation to have, but it's also full of pitfalls in terms of like you have to be really careful in terms of like what you talk about and how you compare because you know, there's, there's things that it's like, yeah, fair. It's a cool character. Fair. It's a really important character. Uh, Wedge is a really cool character and I'm really glad that they gave him more screen time in the remake, but they still fall into those same categories of angry black man and dumb fat guy who only thinks about eating. Mm-hmm. So. Right. And the common thread being both having a single story like yeah. described to them and everything yeah yeah and it's like if you just if you just saw ff7 on like a surface level like context list you know and you never actually played the game and you saw the ang- large angry black man with a gun for an arm 
you know, you'd be like, oh, man, that's kind of racist, you know, and it's like, mm. I, I feel like playing the game, you'll get a lot better feel for the character and how Barrett is so important and such a cool character. Like, he's actually a really cool character. But, you know, you aren't people aren't obligated to, like, play the game to understand a character's like what a character is. They can look at a character on a surface level and feel offended by it. Like that is their prerogative to have. Like in the same way that uh, a fat person might see a fat character and be like, "Man, that offends me," and not bother to go any deeper into that character because they're not obligated to because it's shitty for them. Right. Yeah. So that's exactly like one hundred and everything. Um, mm-hmm. It should also be noted that for a game developed in the mid to late nineties. Um, Barrett is also one of the very, very few, uh, is one of the very few black characters in the JRPG genre. Yep. Yeah. There's a, there was another one in, there are black characters, um, in the Final Fantasy series, um, but not many. Mm -hmm. Um, um, there's another character, I can't remember which one he is in. But oh yeah, Satch uh, says um, he is in which one is he in? FF. Okay, he's in Six? FF thirteen. Thirteen. No, he's yeah. in, Saz is in uh, FF thirteen, and like he has an afro, and like Chocobo chicks hide in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like another level of like, eh, that's kind of borderline. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Like I mean, Final Fantasy has will more often include a like animal character than they will like a black person. So, right. and the black people that they have, they have very good character development and are actual like well-rounded characters, but you know, there's still a tinge of racism there. So. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because thinking about FF 13, kind of talking about the, un- the other single story, I can't name a single large character. In nope. FF13. Nope. They're all like small and live and fit and, you know, uh, or or the fat character is a villain. That yeah. also happens a lot. The fat character is a villain or the fat character is a um, like a, a crony like who like works for it like as an underling or like you'll see a lot of like fat fat enemies like mm-hmm. this is a this is a fat guy who's that that's like he's an enemy like literally that's it you know you have to fight him you know it's like they're they're very there's very much a like dehumanizing element to being fat Mm -hmm. um especially like in the video game market but like it's difficult to come up with fat characters that are not seen as like a butt of a joke or like a villain or stupid stupid Mm -hmm. being stupid is also like a huge a huge thing because like being fat makes you dumb somehow but yeah that's definitely something you see a lot of in different series mm-hmm. this is a really amazing conversation and my next question isn't to kind of close the conversation but also oh, no you're fine no you want to move on i get you oh yeah no i just want to like be conscious of uh the time and the questions for showing everything but this is yeah. absolutely a conversation worth continuing and everything um but until that time where can people find your work and how can people throw money at you um i go by hara doshin h-a-r-a-d-o-s-h-i-n 
on pretty much every site that you will find me on. So if you find a Harudoshin on a site, it chances are it's me. Um, I did have a weird, creepy stalker for a while who would, like, make alt accounts of my stuff, but I think that's resolved. But if it's not, like, you can usually tell if it's not me. But uh, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Affinity, I'm on DeviantArt, I'm on Instagram. Amazingly enough, my stuff has not been, like, flagged, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, was on Tumblr, not anymore. Um, I'm considering trying out, like mastodon or whatever the fuck or pillow fort but i haven't really figured those out yet um mm-hmm. but i'm also like on telegram as hard ocean if you wanted to talk to me for some whatever reason um but yeah basically hard ocean is like my handle so chances are if you find a hard ocean on the website of your choice it chances are it's me um, and I have all of my commission information on for Affinity under the commission tab, which apparently nobody else uses. Yeah, uh, I've noticed Or that. knows that there is, is even a commission tab on for Affinity. But yes, there is a commission tab on for Affinity. And you can use it to upload your pictures and be like, this costs X dollars. So, um, and on basically, that- yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say your prices no, are really, really good. I mean, I think it's due to the fact that, you know, people are always like, you work so fast, you work so fast. And I'm like, it's because, like, I've been streaming and, like, actively, like, live streaming my content and drawing and stuff, like, since, like, 2009, I think. So, like, I've gotten used to just drawing incredibly fast and finishing works within a couple hours. So I, ne- I always feel guilty about... uh pricing too high because i'm like this literally takes me an hour and a half i would feel really bad pricing like insane amounts for something that does not take that much time out of my day if it took me longer i wouldn't feel guilty about it but it really doesn't because i have turned myself into like an efficient fetish creating machine when Mm -hmm. it comes to that kind of stuff so yeah my prices aren't for affinity my prices are on um you can find them linked on twitter too but if you have any questions, you can also email me at horridotion at gmail.com. Gasp. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, with that being said, those are all my interview questions I have for you, which means that we can uh, transition onto the questions uh, section of the show, because this is an advice podcast at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you want to do the first question from Maxi on February 21st, 2021? All right. Let's see. Questions for the show. Maxi said the Dear Jazzy and Pals one. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to attend my first con and meet people I've only talked with online. However, I fear I'll get overwhelmed and hide away from everybody. Do you have any tips or advice to try and avoid these feelings so I can get the best experience out of my first con? From Maxi. Well, Maxie, pronouns he, him, I think um, by far the best advice I can give you is uh, not only, first of all, congratulations, uh, cons are very exciting and it's Mm -hmm. a really great culture. Um, I would say always, if you feel nervous about it, I would say try to go with someone. Cons are definitely. Yeah. Cons are always more fun when you go with someone because not only does it kind of prevent you from being in that awkward space of like oh here i am i'm sitting against the wall with my ds or i guess it would be switched now 
with my Switch, I'm just hanging out in a line with all the other people who don't really want to, like, talk or that sort of thing. Like, it's a very awkward and isolating feeling. But if you bring someone, you have someone to listen to you when you to go off about special interests. Wink! Conventions also are full of incredibly awkward people. Mm-hmm. So you will not be the only person who feels this way. Uh, guaranteed. Uh, there are, I have met so many nice people who, like, when we first started talking, they were incredibly awkward and didn't really know what to say. And you just kind of got to break the ice. Um, but with conventions, especially, like, the last con I went to was MFF. Turn um, up. Midwest Fur Fest, and that was December 2019, because then coronavirus happened. But, um, you know, I attended uh, a Fat Fur meetup, which was really fun, actually. Like, I was, like, somehow the shortest person there. I'm, like, five foot four. Um, so, like, I'm completely average height, but I feel like everyone was, like, six feet and up, but it was really hilarious. So I was just, like, this tiny, small person running around these gigantic people. But um, I met a lot of people who, like, I never, I knew online, you know, versus their persona, fursona, whatever. But I didn't know them in real life. So it was actually really, really fun to, like, meet all these people. So, like, if you have an interest... Um, like, you know, ABDL or whatever you like, you know, chances are at a, at a convention, like a furry convention, especially, um, they oftentimes do allow panels and they allow, um, meetups because like the meetups aren't really like sanctioned by conventions generally. They're just kind of like, meet me here at this place at this time and we'll hang out. Panels are, are sanctioned by the con, but chances are you can find your interest or something similar to it in the convention schedule um, or in the convention hangout. Like if you're active in whatever community you enjoy online, you know, and there's a convention coming up, chances are people will be like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, hey, ABDL people or whatever. Like I'm going to be by this this uh, monument, this like, you know, place at 7 p.m. You should come hang out with me. And, like, that's a great opportunity to meet other people who are into the same things that you are. Um, It's also a great opportunity to meet people who you knew online, but maybe have never met in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's definitely one of those things where, like, bring a friend, good advice, but also pay attention to, like, what people are talking about in terms of, like, the convention. Because, like, chances are you will find a like-minded group of people that you can hang out with that would be really, really fun because then, you you know, there's no ice breaking. Like, what do you like? I don't know. What do you like? Because you're like, hey, I like shitting, pissing in diapers or whatever the hell you guys like. <laughs> and you're like, hey, boy, howdy. I do, too. I like that, too. So, Golly G. Williger, I sure do love G. Williger, I like that. Yeah, but it's like, you know, and I'm sure there's like, I've never looked for him, but I'm sure that Jazzy can confirm that there's uh, there's ABDL meetups at like every furcon. Oh, yeah, there are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's if you have an interest or a kink, it, chances are there's a meetup for it. Um, like furry cons tend to be a little bit more kink friendly than, say, anime cons, because um, mm-hmm. anime cons generally skew a little bit younger in terms of the people who attend. Because like anime cons, because like I, I cut my teeth doing anime cons because I, I vend. So I actually sell uh, artwork because I, I do non fetish stuff. Um, as well so like I'll actually be one of the people like in Artist Alley or in Dealer's Den selling 
So, like, I don't actually get to meet too many people that way, which kind of sucks. But, um, or there's a table between us. So that sometimes is a good thing. But, um, like, you, like, you, you, you can find literally, like, you know, there was a, I remember there was a, um, a panel at Otakon one year and it was like, uh, like hip hop and like R and B theory. And like, I think that it was run or like LL Cool J showed up or something. That's like, so it was, fucking rad. Yeah, it was just like I don't remember if it was him or a, another artist, but like it was literally like paneled by actual like rap artists. Like that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, if that's what you're interested in, it's like it has nothing to do with anime, but like who cares? You know, it's a panel. Go to it, you know, right. it's free. It's beyond like actually like paying for your ticket. It's free. Go. You know, have fun. Everyone else there is going to be in the same boat that you are where it's kind of like I don't know anybody here go it's fun and i definitely think you're right on the money when you said that for conventions are way more open about kink stuff oh than, yeah um, you see the people walking around with with the uh, pup hoods it's like oh boy woof and it's oh, like woof. literally and you see degenerates like me with our baby fur badges and it's like oh god oh god one of them um but totally anime conventions, you generally if you have something on on the schedule planner that's marked 18 plus, it's like talking about penises for missionary heterosexual positions. Oh, my goodness. And then at furry conventions, it's like how to eat your partner <laughs> under the yeah. under the it 18. Really, yeah, it really is. But like, yeah, furry cons generally skew. Uh, older, um, I mean, there's definitely kids who still attend. Uh, don't get me wrong, but um, the the kid kitty kitty pool um, is definitely anime cons because, like, you know, you'll see like kids and their first their first Naruto cosplay, you know, Aww. with their par- with their parent or something like that, and it's like, you know, that like I remember when my parent took me to my first anime con, like, you know, it was one of those things where it's like it's definitely. It's definitely like you'll you'll be seeing that that person in a few years being problematic on Twitter.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bird app. Yep. But yeah, no. Um, and even if you're not a furry and you're listening, you should still go to a furry convention because furries are usually really good hangs and our conventions are They're friendly. They're really friendly. They're really friendly. They're basically like, weekend long parties. Sometimes, sometimes to like a, a very uncomfortable degree, furries are friendly. Like I found that like people who aren't in the furrydom, and like this fucking person in a fursuit just comes up and just fucking remember the word glomp. Ugh, God. They pick up and they come up and glomp you in their sweaty fursuit, and you're just like, "Hello, hello, thanks. I just woke up. Please, <laughs> yef scritch mer." And they've been in that fursuit for like ten hours. Or they slept in it from the previous yeah. night. They actually, they actually just arrived in that fursuit, and when they leave, they'll still be in that fursuit. Like, there are those people. There are degenerates at every fucking con. But for real, like, cons are definitely an experience, and it's like it's one of those things where like I compare vending, like selling at an anime con, as like PTSD. It's a mm-hmm. weird, like it's a weird uh, Stockholm syndrome thing, where you like you're like you go there and you're like leading up to it, you're like I hate this. And making merch, you're like, I hate this. And, you know, printing prints, I hate this. And, like, setting up your table, fucking hate this. 
and like dealing with awkward clients. I fucking hate this. But then like as soon as like the con's done and like you're packed up and you're leaving, you're like, well, that was a really great experience. I can't wait to do that again. <laughs> it's really bizarre because like you just it like it completely like the, the adrenaline completely like wipes out all like negative, negative feelings. And you're just like, that was great. I mean, you were behind our table a couple times, Jazzy. Yeah, no, it was actually super fun watching your table. Um, I think I talked. <coughs> wow. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> my throat decided not to function. Um, it's actually a really funny conversation because you were like, Oh, Hey Jesse, you don't have to use the bathroom because diaper. Can you watch my table? while I use the bathroom. Oh, and then, but was, it was true. Cause I had to take a dump <laughs> a dump. And then I was like, yeah, I'll watch your table. And <laughs> it worked. Also, that was such a fun convention. Everyone thought you were me too, which is funny because like, at the time, Tishu um, who shall not be named, and me and you all had the same fucking hair color. Oh my god, we did. We all had that like teal, like I'm non-binary, like uh, <laughs> hair color. It's, it's true though. It's true. Literally, every single artist you see at like an anime con or a furry con is like wearing like crazy stuff and always has like the the teal hair is like. It must be like a I'm queer, like, like fucking beacon. Cause like we all showed up with fucking deal hair. Like, oh, damn it. It literally is like, I look at the bottle. Uh, the brand I get is literally called non Nary. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's what it is. That's our secret in queer circles. But yeah, no, that was a fun convention because we would just, you would bust ass all day and then I would like run around with my friends and then help out. And then we'd, oh, let's get pizza at the end of the day. And then. Well, yeah, because you're in Chicago. So like you have to get deep dish like at least once when you're there. Right. If you don't get pizza Lazaga, did you even go to Chicago? Hey, Jazzy. Hey, Jazzy. Yeah. Pizza shoes. You totally forgot about that, didn't you? I did. I forgot. Oh, no. Pizza shoes. Pizza shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, don't leave your geos on the floor. That's the moral oh, of the story. Yeah, don't leave your don't leave your your Chicago deep dish pizza on the floor or else someone will almost step on it and it will become shoe pizza. <laughs> oh, no. Pizza shoes. Oh, my God. So that's how you that's how you convention. Yep, you convention in a way that's very chaotic. Or don't. Yes. Whatever you whatever you're comfortable with. People do it all different. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Our next question is from Skywalker Ranch as well. Uh can you read that one off? Sure. Um Dear Jazzy and Friend, what is a now defunct company or service that probably has mad blackmail on you if they wanted to because you were young and stupid? Personally, I feel that Yahoo Messenger would absolutely wreck my shit if they wanted to. Sincerely, sincerely, Jesus, Skywalker Ranch dips his nuts in peanut butter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I definitely think Yahoo Messenger, excuse me, Yahoo Messenger or the old MySpace, because MySpace as we know it doesn't exist anymore. Nope. So, so I'm definitely going to go for MySpace because I had like the XX underscore Bloodraven underscore XX situation going on it's like welcome to my dark twisted mind Ugh. and like auto playing afi and all that good shit i think probably yeah like msn like i used to have um 
Um, tri- it's called, it was called Trillion. Um, and Trillion was a conglomerate um, that you could actually upload your like AIM, MSN, Yahoo, um, IRC. You could actually like upload a bunch of different profiles into one program. So instead of having multiple programs loaded up, like having the MSN, having the Yahoo, you actually just put everything into one program. And so when you booted it up, you went online for all of them. That's but, like, awesome. I would, yeah, right. I would always put like really fucking edgy lyrics in my like away messages, like doing making sure your away message was like fucking tight as shit was like the thing to do. It was a culture. Um, it was like it was an a arms culture. race. Yeah. I mean, also definitely like I used to hang out uh, as a young in in Okaki. So I don't know if the Zoomers know what Okakis are anymore, but uh, the drawing program, like the mm-hmm. public drawing program. Um, and I was a little shit and I would like erase people's art and be like, oh, my my brother did that. Oh, you dick. <laughs> I know. I was a dickhead. Yeah, I was a dickhead. That was like when I was like 10. But uh, I think DeviantArt, DeviantArt can be pretty cringy. Um, I mean, it's kind of been take, taken over by like fetish stuff. Mm-hmm. But like back in the heyday, it was like the place to be for like, I remember when like Kingdom Hearts 1 came out and like, so it was so much so much like kingdom hearts art and like that was all that was like super popular and they were like do you remember i don't know do you were you on dv art yeah do you remember snape snogger oh my god yeah like that oh kind of stuff god. like like all these artists that like you knew as just their handles and like super popular artists and like the inner drama and everything like that and like i never um I never really participated because I wasn't really a big artist, but like I stalked around and like watched the drama happen and stuff. And it's like, I guess, I guess they wouldn't really have like blackmail on me because like I wasn't really, I mean, I guess being a fat for artist is blackmail enough, mm-hmm. but uh, like I never really like interacted in a, in a stu- super stupid way on the internet to like have anybody be able to like blackmail me about it. I yeah. did, I did a role play on like, uh, like chat in chat rooms and shit though. I guess that kind of probably counts. Yeah. I definitely did my time in IRC channels and that sort of stuff. Kind of the same thing. I guess being an ABDL is canceled material in and of itself yep. and everything. But I think that's, that's the only blackmail like, Oh my God, Jasmine Starshine is a baby fur <laughs> and everything. Um, this isn't really blackmail. It's more of just like, I'm sad. Um, my original fur affinity from the mid two thousands, um, sometime when I was in high school, I deleted all of the original pencil drawings I did, like the first furry art I did on notebook paper with the lines (laughs) and everything like classic era shit. And that those were like the first drawings ever of Jasmine Starshine. And I still have the very first one I ever drew in a sketchbook down by my desk just because, you know, Jazzy is kind of a big part of my life. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I really wish I still had those first drawings. One of them is literally just me. Like (laughs) I drew it when I, when I, when I faked being sick to cut school one day and it was like a self portrait of me being angsty in bed, listening to system of a down. I'm like, Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, no, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. I I actually still have, like, I made the executive decision, um, to keep my, cause I have like a, a, non-fetish deviant art and stuff i'm not going to mention it here because i don't want to mix the streams right but like my original deviant art um 
I don't have my original one from like my sister helped me sign up when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have that one anymore, but the one I've had, I've had for a very long time. Um, I did made an executive decision to save everything on there. Um, I didn't delete any, any art. So like it is a snapshot of my artwork from like 2004, 2005 to present. And, like, whenever people are like, I'll never be good at art, I'm always like, listen. And I show them that. And I'm like, you can do anything. You just got to put your mind to it and practice every day. But, like, I save it for that reason. Because it's, like, a really good, like, inspiration. Inspo. Ration. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next question is addressed to me and Fonny. But uh, this is Haradoshan on this episode. Uh, can you read the one from Let's Call Me Joe? Sure. Um, let's see. Oh, is that one the one for Fawny? Uh Yeah, but we can answer that one here because it's like... That's cool. Yeah. Um, there's another one from uh, Coco Poof Tartuffe as well. But that one is not... Uh, that one is Bebe. I can't answer that one. Uh, dear Jazzy and Fonny, who are some of your favorite adult kinky authors, published or online, and do you have any recommendations? I uh, don't actually read kinky thick that often. Like really, uh, fat fur thick? No, no. Like rarely, rarely do I. I, I usually like I peruse the images, and that's it. Like I I'll rarely, if ever, um, read any like fetish related um, thick. Mm-hmm. There's so a couple. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was like, I just can't really answer that. I'm like, uh, off the top of my head. <laughs> right. Um, I keep up with a couple of web comics. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some like, obviously they are in the kink sphere because they're ABDL, but they're also like perfectly innocent, like slice of life, like that wholesome shit. Um, mm-hmm. And those are all really big and everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. If you're listening to this show, cause I've mentioned them before. Um, but uh, I always drop a reference to our sister show, The Usual Bet, which is part of the Sophie and Pudding crew, like creative house and everything. Um, and Sophie and Pudding are two, uh, I would say, accomplished, really good and accomplished writers within the ABDL space. Um, they have a huge, huge library of content. And things that span like upwards of over a hundred chapters and mm-hmm. all of their stuff is available for free. If you want to look up their writing, that is my mm-hmm. honest recommendation. Um, mm-hmm. And then this is more of a self plug because I'm recommending it because I want feedback on it. I also do a little bit of writing. It's like a 2009 era, like so firmly in the emo era, uh, like it's a fictitious fanfic with like all original characters and like, Oh no, the bassist sub hooks up with the Dom roadie. Oh no. Hijinks ensue. Um, I'll put that in the show notes as well as the, uh, live chat channel here in a hot second. But I think I've linked in the server before, but those are my recommendations. I was like, I can recommend like fanfic, I guess. Yeah. Go for it. Um, oh man, it's all FF7 fanfic. Do it. Um, I mean, it, see, the thing is that if you are, are old and moldy like me, um, you and you are into FF7 and you read fic, if all of those, all of those things combine, you will probably know the long, hard road. Like that is the, the fic in the like millennial 
older generation FF7 uh, community. It is, I think the author printed it out and it's bigger than like the Chicago greater area phone book. Jesus. Yeah, that gives you an idea of like how big it is. That one's like, that one is just a very, a very, very good one. Um, Also, the fight goes on, and this, the Babylon, is another good one. But these are all Sephakora, so if like you don't like Sephakora, then it, you're going to be like, you know. So, which is Sephiroth Cloud. That's just what the Japanese fandom calls it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I can really recommend, because off the top of my... I can't think of any uh, Bruaba fix from JoJo. I can't believe JoJo has not come up yet. This is the first time JoJo's come up in this fucking show. I was going to say, we're an hour in... We're an hour and 15 minutes into the show, and, we, and neither of us have mentioned JJBA. Yeah, I I uh, I'm big into uh, Bruaba. Uh, let's see, Jonah Speed, uh, Avpole, but you know, I'm also really picky when it comes to uh, fic. Like my wife will literally like read anything. Like she is an avarice. Like if she finds a, like a pairing she likes, she's like avaricious. She like just fucking reads everything. Whereas like I'll like read it and like if it doesn't immediately click in terms of like how I characterize the character in my head, I'm like no. Mm-hmm. I'm like really bad. I was going to say I'm very, very picky about yeah. my fan fiction as well, especially because I read so many band fics. If one of them is like way too out of character, like if I read a Ferrard fic, like the fucking emo trash I am, and like they write Gerard as like a very, very hard top. And I like, can't believe you're a RPFer. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I cannot believe the last time I wrote, last time I read RPF. Uh, which stands for real person fic, in case you were interested in that. Uh, the last time I fucking read that was, it was uh, Motley Crue related. Ooh. It was a little spicy, but I don't really do that anymore, so. Yeah, no, it's absolutely a vice that I realize is very actively problematic for a couple of reasons. If, like, someone actively says, I do not want fan fiction written about me, that's usually when I'm like, okay, no, I'm not looking this up. But if mm-hmm. someone is just like, oh, if someone like in an interview says this is fine, then that's kind of like a green light for me. So I am very, very picky. And I also mm-hmm. really like things are structured like fanfics, but are totally original, which is kind of how I wanted to structure my story, which I just linked in the chat, by the way. Um, I, I, I write fic, but I haven't written fic in like years and I'm trying to get back into it, but I'm also really shy about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I purposely post under a handle that I don't use literally anywhere else so that people cannot find me. I'm that kind of person. That's totally valid. Having, like, a pen name is, like, super, like, aesthetic in terms for, like, authors and writing and stuff. There isn't really, like, mm-hmm. a literary word for aesthetic, is there? <laughs> um, I mean, I was going to say you could use nom de fleur, which is, oh. like a, which is a pen pen name, but, you know. That's sexy. I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Nom de plume. Nom Ooh. de plume. That's, okay. uh, that's uh, like a, the, the French version of a pen name. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, the next one was posted on the 25th by Let's Call Me Joe. If you want to okay. read that one off. Yep. Dear Hard Ocean, if you were given the opportunity to show run your own animated show or movie, what would it be about? And what would the general overall plot be? Damn, it's all you, I don't dude. Know. I don't fucking know. Um... Why would I make a show? I feel like um, recently the the like uh, what's it called the like cryptid stuff 
has mm-hmm. become a little bit like oversaturated. Um, I mean, I still really love cryptid stuff. So like having a show about like cryptids would be really fun. Um, and I always like I actually did watch Supernatural and I really enjoyed like when they were doing like the the, the villain of the week kind of uh, setup where yeah, they were like too. each week. Each week they'd come across like a new creature or something and like it wasn't the like angels and demons thing. It was just kind of like two goofy guys doing doing horse shit. So like if I could like do a do a, a sh- something like that, that would be like fun, but like not supernatural, mm-hmm. I think. And maybe like cryptid related or like true crime related. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think true crime should necessarily be funny, but like, I don't know. This would just be in my in my optimal uh, world if I had the opportunity to uh, run my own show or movie I would try to combine somehow all of my special interests into one horrible horrible conglomeration of shit okay but imagine this a cryptid that is it, it's a true crime right uh-huh. Uh-huh. about a cryptid that is a hair metal guitarist oh man that sounds really rad <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I love hair metal is another one of my special interests. I really fucking love hair metal. But yeah, hair metal cryptid would be really like a, a, a hair metal like lead singer or something who's also like a cryptid and has been hiding out from like the cryptozoologists for like decades, just jumping from like band to band. And like, you know, was was like in the early 1920s, was like in swing bands and like uh, like uh, with the flappers and like, you know, in like the 40s and 50s was like at the beginning of like the rock movement and stuff like that and just keep switching bands as like different genres go in and out of favor mm-hmm. and they've been hiding from the cryptozoologists for decades like the wacky cryptozoologist who keeps being like this cryptid is real and i'm going to prove it and like it's wacky hijinks okay but imagine they're like trapped in like the back rooms of backstage and they're going between like stage trusses and and like rooms it's like a total liminal space and then from the background you're just here dr Fieldman. oh yeah but then you have to actually pay for that oh yeah uh, that's right you have to well nikki six is actually really nice i guess like he um he he's talked about it before but he's like uh if it's like a multi-million dollar company who wants to use any of my music i charge them out the ass for it but if it's just like some kid who wants to use one of my songs for like his skateboard video it's free that's awesome he doesn't charge like individual people or like small groups of people who are just like using the music for like their own thing. Like he doesn't charge them. That's one of the things that I love about Nikki six that, and um, I actually, that he's, his podcast is one of the few other podcasts I like listen to, or I guess mm-hmm. it's a radio show, but I love like, yeah, it's a radio show. Right. But he had uh, the guy from Skillet, which is a Christian rock band, which as a pagan. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know still, Skillet. Oh, yeah. As a pagan, I absolutely keep up with Skillet because they it's fucking hilarious. slap. That was the first time I ever saw a mosh pit. I was nine years old and I saw nuns going at it and it was fucking dope. That's that's excellent. It was. Very... I think the most aggressive mosh pit I ever saw was uh, it was uh, Clutch. Yeah. Which, if you know Clutch, like, all of the people who listen to Clutch are, like, 450 pounds and have gigantic beards and wear camo. Like, exclusively, like, people who listen to Clutch. That sounds like a fun pet. Uh, I did not get involved, because, like, I would have literally been turned into, like, a fine meat paste. 
<laughs> if I, I tried to, if I tried to get meat. involved, yeah, if I got tried to get involved in that, but like literally, like these like heavy set trucker dudes just fucking wailing on each other in the clutch pit, and I was just like, okay. I'm not going to lie, that sounds hot though. I mean, it was pretty fun to watch. We were just kind of like watching, like, damn though, damn, damn though, damn. All right. Uh, next question is from Free Range Fawny. Dear Hard Ocean in Jersey, could you tell us more about the fat <laughs> art scene and what sorts of unique challenges you face there? What would you suggest people look for when either A, looking for great fat art, or B, drawing their own fat art with love? Fawny, Wani, Bobani. Um, so the fat art scene, there's a ton of people, and it seems like every single day there's like a new artist that's like coming up in the scene but um the nice thing about uh the fat art scene is that literally there is no oversaturation rate um you can if you are interested in creating your own content there will be someone out there who will be like hell yeah that's exactly what i want so like within the fat art community there is incredible uh range of niches in terms of like what people like so uh, I would say, like, if you are looking to get your own, make your own art uh, or looking for great art, I would say just start by, like, entering in whatever you like. So, like, let's say you're like, damn, I'm really about uh, cellulite on people. Like, you, if you plug that into Fur Affinity, you will find content. Like, that's the nice thing is that, like, there's literally content for every person within the different little niche communities within the fat art community. Um, in terms of unique challenges, I mean, we kind of discussed at length the, the whole, uh, like, fat fetishization and, like, how that's, like, a really blurred gray area and it depends on the person. I would think that that's probably, like, a very unique uh, challenge in terms of, like, you know, because people don't, like, in, like, the feet feet fetish community or, like, people don't be like oh, i feel fetishized for my feet because like everyone has feet so it it's not really you know what i mean it's not yeah. really something that's like it, being being fat is like you get a lot of uh you can get a lot of trauma from that and a lot of a lot of people being really mean to you um so i think that there's definitely like that sort of unique challenge in terms of like Approaching it from you want to be as, excuse as humanizing. Yeah, you want to be as humanizing as possible with people. You don't want to like fetishize them. Um, uh, Fat art scene. I mean, there's just so many nice people in the fat art community. I definitely like if you want to get into it or you like are interested in it in any way. There's there's so many people that are like welcoming and happy to see new blood. Like there's. There's never an oversaturation. There will always be new artists and there will always be like people who will buy commissions. Like literally, like there's not there's not a point where you were like, man, I can't get commissioned anymore because there's too many artists in this community. There's literally always people willing to crank their hog to this shit. <laughs> and like and there's always people willing to buy commissions and there's always artists out there who are willing to take commissions. So it's like it's a cool community. Um I say look for what you like. Like, whatever you like, look for it, and there's guaranteed to be an artist who caters to that. And then commission them, because they probably want your commission. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 
I can't believe we didn't talk about it, and I can't believe the word didn't come to mind until right now. But that word is ableist. It sounds like there's a lot of fucking ableism as like yeah. one of the big problems. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a lot of ableism. Um, I mean, there's ableism in literally every community, but like in the in the fat community. I mean, another thing about it is that like, uh, especially if you run two separate accounts, like I do, um, and I don't share the other account for many reasons, but uh, there was recently actually a fat fur artist um, who goes by Meech, M-E-E-C-H, um, and they have a pretty good following in the fat fur community, and they're also a really nice person. Um, they also have a regular account that they post like uh, like candy gore, and they post a lot of JoJo art and and stuff like that. And like they recently got uh, got outed um, as like a fat fur artist. And like I'm saying this now because like it it, it already happened. I'm not outing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they they got outed uh, as like a fat fur artist, and like. People charge them back uh, on finished commissions, mind you. Charge them so they were negative a thousand dollars. Jesus Christ! Yeah, so unfinished work. So people uh, did chargebacks on finished works that they had already done because they found out that they did fat for art. Like people were so like angry about it, and like this person has cancer, and then they use their they use their money to like pay for their cancer treatments. So it's like, it was just, it happened a couple of months ago and it was just so shitty because like it, it entered into the regular people sphere of like discussion on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So like it, it got big enough in terms of like people talking about it, that it like jumped out of the fat for community and like regular people were talking about it. And it was just really funny to see like people's true colors come out in terms of like what they thought about like this fat for artist who was just trying to make a living and pay for their cancer treatments. And they had two separate accounts that they never crossed streams on. Like they never, um, like reposted or retweeted to other count accounts. Um, so like they never crossed promote or anything like that. They just kept to themselves and had their own separate accounts, had their own separate like handles and everything. And like they got outed, and they got outed by two people who I guess like just hated them, but also, uh, one was eighteen years old and one was and they were dating a thirty year old. Oh. Yeah. And we were just like, man, pot calling the kettle black in terms of just gross shit that you're doing. <laughs> but uh I mean they're they're out they're out now. Like they they cross posts now because like it, they're like, well, might as well take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. So it like, sounds I wouldn't discuss it if like they weren't like out. Right. It sounds like the Fat Fur community goes through the same like wheel of discourse that baby furs yep. are always subjected to like all right it's been a month where are we talking about this month <laughs> fat furs okay it's the next month where are we talking about <laughs> baby furs again and it's just like it's like it's like every few weeks although it's like picked up because social media is getting faster with age and everything yep. it's just like yep. there's always it used a- to be like forum posts were like the fastest thing you could have Right. And even that at the time, we were like, holy shit, the discourse in real time. Mash the refresh Yeah, like button. I'm on I'm on live journal and I got 10 comments on my uh, Metalocalypse fic 2009. <laughs> uh, damn, I'm really getting those numbers. I'm popping off. 
Yeah, discourse. Discourse. But yeah, no, the fucking wheel of discourse was firmly on baby first because and I and I have told multiple people that I refuse to talk about the current situation because it's too raw, it's too fresh, and it's too just Oh like, yeah, no, definitely. You you discussed it with me because I was kinda out of the loop. But right, exactly. And it's it's one of those things where it's like as soon as someone comes out as anything uh, in terms of like kink or fetish, there's always going to be, and it, regardless of how they do it, like if they do it poorly, that's on them. But like, even if they do it in the most graceful way possible, there will still be people who will be like, oh, cringe. Yeah. And it's funny because most of the people I saw kicking off the discourse, this last spin of the wheel in their fucking bios, it's just like 14 and then like their the rest of their stuff like like art and pronouns and all that good shit and then it was always like fucking teenagers talking about like baby mm-hmm. furs are canceled they're so gross and it's just like don't you have a spelling test to study for <laughs> the funny thing is that like the fat fur the person who founded for affinity is a fat fur right like that who i will not name because we all know who he is right um yeah, like, he founded the community, and he's a fat fur. So, like, I have been commissioned by him before. He follows me. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, like, a discourse, it's, like, in the same way that, like, I don't communicate any kind of discourse generally um, because, like, it's just, it makes me tired. Like, I have opinions. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, with this whole this whole podcast we're talking about, and I'm having opinions. But, uh, like, in, in terms of, like, fat fur stuff, I usually try to keep the discourse to a minimum. Um, Mm -hmm. Not because I don't have opinions, but because it's just, there's just, it's tiring to keep up with. And I already get enough of it, like, on other accounts, because, like, I participate in the JoJo community, and there's the whole, like, anti-versus-pro-shipper thing that's cropped up in, like, the last couple years. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of like, this is exhausting. If you don't know what that is, it's like, anti-shippers are... uh, don't like certain ships and pro shippers are like ship what you want and like i can see the benefits and the drawbacks in each community but every single time i come across like a pro shipper they turn out to be a pedophile so it's like one of those things where it's just like someone who groped me at a convention and was known for sexually assaulting kids is a pro shipper and it's just like that's colored my opinion of every single person I've ever met from then on. And it shouldn't, but like, yeah, and the whole like ship what you want basically just means I like kids. Right. And like anti shippers <clears throat> are basically like don't ship kids. Yeah. But they can't but they can get really, I mean, really like anti shippers can get really, really annoying with it. Like I'm sure I would be canceled for liking Sephiroth Cloud because like it's a quote unquote ab- abusive relationship because, you know, the parts of the storyline where Sephiroth like literally goes into Cloud's head and tells him he's worthless and shit like that like I can understand why people who would not like this ship and why they would think it was problematic and bad and triggering like I get it so it's like I can see the, I can see the benefits and drawbacks of both sides but it's also just like I'm old I'm tired I don't really want to I don't really want to deal with this yeah. this discourse anymore that's why whenever I post a spicy take on my Twitter. I, I try to keep it to shit that actually matters. Like the current state of our nation. 
Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. it's just my like, my spicy takes are like, hey, if you don't, if you someone tells you that this character is underage and your reaction is to like, I'm gonna draw not safe for work art of them anyway. I don't really want to interact with you in any way. The end. Right. Exactly. And it's just like a teenager said something mean about diapers on the internet. Oh no. I'm going to talk about how the Nazis are co-opting my pagan religion because that actually fucking matters. (laughs) Well, yeah, they have been for years. Oh, for real, for real. But we have a couple more questions to get to. Two more, in fact. I only see one. Uh, I see two from Coco and Skywalker. Oh, okay. Well, the Coco one is PP related. Oh, technically not diapers. It's about HRT, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, dear Jazzy and Associates, why Spyro make me have to pee so much so quickly? The kitten with tired paws. I don't know because I'm not on that. <laughs> so Spironolactone is an anti-tea. Uh, it's the companion to estradiol um, that trans women take or non-binary people who are AMAB. And um, the reason why it makes you pee so much so quickly is because um, it affects your prostate. And anything that touches your prostate makes the prostate go, (laughs) and then it starts acting all funny, which is why, um, uh, Aradoshan, you already know this, but and the listeners of the show already know this, but the literally the reason why I'm still a bedwetter at almost 26 is because a it only slowed down when I was like a teenager and only happened occasionally in my early twenties. But when I started HRT, it's just like, Oh, hello, we're back. And it's just like, Oh shit. It's the fucking reunion tour of wet sheets. <sighs> and it's just like, God damn it. So that is why Spyro effects, um, makes you pee so much. It's because it tickles your prostate in a very particular way. See, I learned something today. I did not know that. But, um, um, all right. Bumpa, I'm hating it. <laughs> Next one. Last one. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Dear Goo Crew. That's me. As someone that's not me. in the fetish, what about goo slash slime appeals to you? Also, which is better for cleanup? Paper towels or cloth towels? Also, does slime goo cause stains in cloth towels? And if so, how do you get them out? Sorry for the multi-layered question, but I'm fascinated with the minutia of fetishes I don't know about. Thank you. Skywalker Ranch. Farming Goo Girls. Um, so goo and slime has kind of been my thing in terms of like, I kind of accidentally stumbled into it when I made Scylla, because Scylla is like a single-celled organism goo girl. Um, and so people just kind of started associating me with like goo and jelly and all that good stuff. So like, I don't even actually like, it's not even one of my like top kinks. It's just like, that's what everyone associates me with. So I just kind of roll with it. Um, Mm. But it does appeal to me in that, like, it, in term, in terms of, like, weight gain uh, scenarios, it is used a lot. Um, it's also used in, like, pregnancy stuff. It's used in uh, inflation. Uh, it just, like, goo slime. And, like, it, it kind of overlaps with, like, the tentacle sort of thing mm-hmm. in, like, hentai. Uh, you see it a lot in hentai, too. 
but I mean, it's just kind of nice because it's like it's not really like a it's not really like another person. Like it's just kind of inflation with with stuff. It's weight gain with stuff. It's not weight gain with like a person or anything like that. So it's just kind of like you can do a lot of like solo stuff with it, I guess. Yeah. Um, in terms of cleanup, I do not actually uh, produce goo. You'll be surprised. Um, <laughs> really? So, uh, yeah. So I, well, I kind of do, but you know, it's kind of, it's just, you know, you just got to change your panties. There uh, you go. Yeah. And then paper towels and cloth towels. Yep. Uh, I sell them on the internet, but uh, so I don't know. Paper towels or cloth towels. I would assume that cloth towels would be more uh, uh, environment con- conscious. That would make sense to me. If you were to theoretically clean up goo, cloth towels would work because then you could just throw them in the washing machine. My dad says wash. 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 Uh, you could throw them in the washing machine and clean them, and then you would have fresh towels again, and it wouldn't matter. Like, where's paper towels? You use paper towels and you throw them away, and they end up in the landfill. Yeah, no, I think that's um, that is absolutely the route I want to go down whenever I play with slime. Which, um, for those who are wondering, I have done a photo set of slime and a video of slime. It's in the patron rewards. Wink. Remember when, uh, remember when your ex left, left those, like, eggs in the side drawer and they were made of, like, jello? Uh. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought they would keep. They're made of jello. It's not actually food. Oh, God. It smelled so bad. <laughs> it was the one of the worst things I've ever fucking smelled. It permeated through the Ziploc. God, so funny. Oh god, that was that was a capital S situation. So <laughs> when I'm not cleaning up moldy Jello, when I'm cleaning up actual slime meant to be played with, um, <laughs> um, it's I usually play with it in the shower, so I'm usually able to just like rinse it down and everything but that makes uh, sense yeah but if it exits the shower um you I just find, go huh and then it just flies out yeah and then it just comes out of all my pores at once um and it hits and it hits your partner like in the face and he goes <sighs> but uh i find that paper towels are better to like pick things up and not spread it around kind of but also cloth is more environmentally friendly and we are a cloth napkin household rather than a paper napkin household if you catch my drift so it's that's why i also oh, try you to use use uh you use cloth diapers now no napkins <laughs> i literally use cloth meant, diapers now no I, meant, should, I literally meant literal napkins you should you should you should transfer to uh, cloth diapers you know i've i've asked uh my boyfriend about that and he says apparently i piss way too much <laughs> for it to like be practical given, you just like, gotta get a you just gotta get a bunch of them i'd be running the laundry machine literally 24 hours a day the amount of impact it would have on the local environment in regards to the water versus like the landfill is like obviously i'm joking here but it's something i have thought about and also there are so many fucking cute designs for cloth stuff and everything well, because you could also, like, make your own. Like, you could just go to Joanne Fabrics and be like, what do I want to pee on? I want to pee on this. I want to pee on this. And I want to pee it. on that. And then you buy it and you hope that it's not, like, corduroy or something. 
corduroy cloth diaper is like the most cursed thing I've ever heard in my you're life. Like, you're like, this is my denim, my my diaper, if you will. <laughs> this is my nylon. <laughs> this, this is my, my this jean, is, my jean diaper, diaper, diaper. This is my uh, this, this is my diaper made of old scrubs from a hospital swiper, complete with stains, complete with stains. Oh God. See, I can talk about I can talk about ABDL things. I'm just like me, clueless. Yeah, no, look at you participating in the the, 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 the discourse. In the da 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 diaper. It's time to did it did it, did it, stop and think about our life choices. Diaper. Diaper. Oh, huh, funny. Uh, funny also, joke. Funny joke. And also, uh, back to slime. If the slime stays entirely <laughs> localized within your diaper then you can just throw that shit away and shower and you're done. Good, uh, good band name, Localized Slime. Localized Slime. Local Break slime in your area. Chat yeah, that was, another, that was another sad thing about, about He Who Shall Not Be Named is I lost that entire list of uh, band names that we've been curating. Oh, yeah. Yep. Damn. Looks like we're going to have to start our own list. Er, er, er. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. Yeah. For real. When we both get the germ hurting juice, goddamn, we are going to be fucking Denny's warriors. <laughs> well, I won't be able to go to Denny's because I'm on keto, but I can go to Denny's hey. and watch you. I can go to Denny's and watch you do it. You can watch me pound them Mozzie sticks. Yep, I'll watch you pound the Mozzie sticks and I'll just be like, wow. <laughs> wow. 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 All right. Uh, I think that is everything that's all the questions that's all the interview stuff i had for you uh check in the notes yeah that is it uh hard ocean thank you for coming on the show oh you're welcome and did you have any last closing thoughts before we do the sign off uh, now i'm just thinking about jipers like that's <laughs> Jiper. literally that's literally all i can think about like if it had like little buttons up the front oh my god and like a zipper yeah like, that'd be the most uncomfortable fuck. It would be basically be like wearing fucking booty shorts. <laughs> Can you imagine fucking Daisy Duke diaper? How Daisy bad? Duke diaper. Oh, God. Makes, makes my man go. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Where can people, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on basically anywhere that you would find Haradoshan. So, for Affinity's Haradoshan, Twitter... Uh, DeviantArt, though I don't use it that often. Telegram is Hard Ocean 2. Um, and if you have any questions or you want to commission me, you can send me an email at haradoshan at gmail.com. And once again, it is H A R A D O S H I N. Haradoshan. Awesome. And you can find me, Jasmine Starshine, um, at Lil Jazzy Baby on Twitter. Uh, that is now my locked main on my personal account, but you can follow the show at Dear Jazzy Show. Uh, at Dear Jazzy was taken, so we have at Dear Jazzy Show. And that is I the like official... that you took you that long to get a Twitter. I know, because I was like banking off of my main for so long, and I was just like, I should really have like, I should really have a dedicated show thing for people to tags, and it's not just like my personal account where I talk about communism and diapers at the same time. And it's like, so that's a thing that we have now. Uh, you can also find us, as always, on at oddswithgod.com, patreon.com slash jasmine starshine. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. What else do I have? Uh, Telegram, Jasmine Starshine. And then Discord, Jasmine Starshine 0001. Um, How'd you get 0001? Nitro. Oh, so you were like the... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, you can email your questions to the show at dearjazzypodcast at gmail.com or post them in our Discord channel, which you can join by firing a message off to me. And last but not least, Dear Jazzy is an at oddswithgod.com production. Please visit us online at at oddswithgod.com. Didn't mess it up that time. You can check out our Patreon. You can check out my links. You can check out Fonny's links. You can check out the show, Camp Buddy, and everything else related to our little network. That is all I've got. Any uh, closing words? Nope. I think we're all good. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on again. And yeah, no problem. We will, we will see you next time. Nice. Well, that's what a color. What color shame. am I even? Wait, what color am I on on the Discord? Co-host is pink. Oh, pink. Okay, cool. Ease. I was say, am I am I one of these? Am I one of these baby colors down here? And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I was going to say how we literally have like all the different like pastel colors. Yeah, I know. I realized that. And I was just kind of like, ha. <laughs> Still playing baby squiddy. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy episode 50. Sh- f- nope. Fuck that up. 50. Sh- 50 shit. <laughs> <laughs>